0: Welcome to another podcast by Every Nation Brisbane. We're so glad you can join us here today. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at enbrisbane.org. Please enjoy the following message.
1: So our scripture this morning is coming from Exodus 31, verses 1 to 11. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezazalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God, with the ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and and in carving wood, and to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed him with Allahab, the son of Azamak, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all men ability that they make... that they may make all that I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, and the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils, and the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand, and the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron, the priest of the garments of his sons, for their service as priests, and the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense for the holy place. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do.
0: Thank you. Let's bow our heads in prayer, everybody. Father, thank you for uh, all that you are doing in our lives, Lord. Wherever we find ourselves in the process of how you are molding and shaping us, we ask Holy Spirit for access to your word and your spirit this morning, that we may sense your presence that transforms lives. I even want to pray, uh, Lord God, I really sense to pray um, the psalm which says, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered in this place. Father, I just sense that so many of us in this room have faced uh, an onslaught, just pressures from the left and the right, and I just... You know, being delegated as the pastor of this house, I want to declare you and plead the blood of Jesus over every household, over every family here, and over everybody under the sound of my voice that's watching this online. Lord God, that your presence will prevail in our lives and in our households, that every foul spirit will have no place in every home, Lord God, in every life. Lord, I pray that over our students, even over their study, I come against the spirit of confusion in Jesus' name, that we would hear from heaven with a with a clarion clarity. This morning, Lord God, come and penetrate our hearts. Lord, we don't come here to do business as usual. We want to meet with Jesus because it's only your presence that transforms lives. We thank you for your presence in this place in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. We're in a series called How to Make. And we're looking at the beauty of how God connects our work to his plan for our world. And over the last three weeks, this is the third week in this series where we've been talking about the beauty of the first revelation of who God is, is that he is creator. And we're going to talk today about making beautiful stuff making beautiful stuff. And I wanted to start here um, by showing just a, a headline of an article that came out in Time magazine, which highlighted the, the uh, 50 mo- uh, greatest places, not cities, places in the world. And guess what? We made the top 50. Brisbane is one of the greatest places in the world. Some of y'all are smiling at me like you know, it was probably written by someone from Queensland. Now you can be proud. We live in one of the greatest places in the world. Uh, a lot of the uh, accreditation for this is because of the development around the CBD, especially around the river. Uh, there's a lot of credit around uh, how they turned a brown snake, which is our river, into something that is beautiful and opulent, uh, turning warehouses into places that are desirable uh, eating places, uh, turning places like the Fortitude Valley. Uh, which has uh, been labelled, and I quote the article, a, it's evolved into a culinary epicentre. Can you believe that? Wow. Wow. That's your city. The James Street Precinct is a welcome testament to how urban development can champion local businesses and artisans uh, rather than supplanting them. And the semi-industrial area leverages Brisbane's perennial sunshine to showcase an outdoor promenade anchored by artsy boutiques and cafes under the canopy of Moreton Bay fig trees. That's your city. Turn to somebody and say, that's our city. (laughs) So, Previously, we've been looking at uh, things that are awesome. We looked at the word or... Uh, with regards to God's creation. But I also want to tell you that God's awe can also be attributed to when we see beauty come out of things that don't necessarily look so beautiful. And I think Brisbane is a testament to that. I think, you know, cities like Sydney naturally have a lot of waterways, a lot of beaches within the city. But we have turned a brown snake into a desirable place to live. I think this is a great city. I personally think it's the best city in Australia. That's right. Let me ask you this question. What is the most be- uh, most human-made uh, beautiful thing? That's probably bad grammar. Uh, forgive me. Beautiful man-made or human-made thing that you've experienced or seen. What's the most beautiful thing? When, when you consider things that have been made by humans. Uh, maybe you can come up with something off the top of your head. Uh, let, me, let me give you an example from my life, okay? I'm a musician, uh, I gravitate towards uh, things that are musically beautiful. Uh, I know we've got a number of musicians in the house, you know. I know my brother John Alec can testify to this. Like when you're in a good concert or you're in a good place where music is just hitting right, it's it's just amazing. I wanna I wanna take you back, like back in 2019, 2019. Remember that? Like before the pandemic, that 20-year pandemic that we lived through. Uh, we had our World Conference. I know we just talked about our World Conference being in South Africa. We had our World Conference in Orlando. And uh, the week after we went to Orlando uh, for the World Conference, uh, we got together, my, my family and uh, we got together with uh, the family of two of our best friends uh, from Singapore. And within the space of 24 hours, uh, I got to watch Hamilton in New York City. And then the day after that, I got to watch John Mayer, in in Madison Square Garden, where the Knicks play, right? So uh, within 24 hours, seeing Hamilton the way it's supposed to be seen, in the greatest city in the world, right? Seeing it right where it's set. And then the next day, seeing uh, arguably the best uh, pop guitarist uh, of the last 30 years play a concert that's usually only an hour and 15 minutes. He played for two and a half hours and kept inviting guests out coming out all the time, you know, I I, I was just in awe of um, of the beauty of what was created, have you ever been in this space, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, can, can I be honest here, is that okay, because we're in church, we should be honest, but I was sitting there in uh, watching Hamilton in the, in the theater, and I was tearing up so much because of just the intricacies of Lin-Manuel's uh, composition and the choreography and the musicianship as a musician that resonates with me because it's something so beautifully created you just know when you're watching the work of a genius and then the next day watching John Mayer just shred like turning five minute songs into 20 minute songs because he just says oh I'm just gonna take a solo I was just like play on brother play on my wife's got the kids play on I know, you know, that will resonate for some of you as musicians, but some of you in this room will be like, that's music, that's okay. Um, but there are different things that resonate with you. How many of you are sports fans? Okay, we've got a few of us. There's a sport called, there's a sport called basketball. And uh, <laughs> in the sport of basketball, when you, and I know it seems quite primitive to think about, you know, a, a ball that's inflated and thrown into a basket. It's like, wow, Right. But when it is played at a high level of intelligence and skill, it actually brings about a, a sense of awe. Um, as a musician, right, or as somebody who sees something that's awesome, we have a term in kind of, how do we say it, you know, kind of in ghetto language, right? We have a term called the stank face. Any of you know about the stank face? When you see something so good, you're like, mm. This is uh, DeAndre Jordan. And uh, he is playing for the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers at this time. And I want you to watch this dunk. Many of you basketball uh, fans will know the dunk I'm about to show. I know Jarek knows this, this dunk. And he does the stank face. I want you to see this. All right, Mike. That's called the stank face right there, okay? When you see something that's so awesome, you're like, mm. turn, turn around to your neighbor and to give them the stank face real quick. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been in a place where you see something, or maybe, maybe, okay, I know not all of us are sports fans or music fans, but how many of you are food fans, right? <laughs> Any of y'all done the stank face when you've eaten something so good, you're like, mm, mm, That is what I'm talking about. When somebody has manicured or created something so beautiful, it causes you to go, mm, it's the work of a genius, mm. That's what we're after today, because I believe with all my heart that each of us has access to the creator who lives within us. Our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have the mind of Christ, according to the 2 Corinthians, that we have the capacity to create stank-faced, beautiful stuff that glorifies God in the excellence of what we create. Now, we're going to go to the scripture. Some of y'all are looking at me like, can we get to the Bible? We're going to the Bible right now. Exodus chapter 31. Take notes, everybody. It says here, the Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel. Okay? When he says he's called by name, it's important to know what that name means, right? Bezalel means in the shadow of God, under his shadow, completely immersed under his shadow, right? Psalm 91 starts off. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the what? The shadow of the Almighty. The safest place to be and the most creative space to be is in his shadow. So Bezalel, by prophecy, uh, that's his name. The son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. And I have what? Filled him with the Spirit of God. How many of you know things start there? true beauty starts with being filled by the Spirit of God. when you are filled with the spirit of the creator of the universe, it's amazing what he'll do in you and through you. And what is he filled with but because of the Spirit of God on him he's filled with the ability and intelligence when I list these things Ab- ability, intelligence, knowledge and all craftsmanship. To devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze in the cutting stones for for setting and in carving wood to work on every craft. And behold, I have appointed him, Oliab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan to devise artistic designs. Let's come back to this passage. To work gold, silver, and bronze in cutting stone setting. And so there's so many skills. How many of you see these things, right? It's the work of their hands. These things aren't necessarily considered the spiritual task of, say, like a pastor or a priest or somebody Levitical. I need you to understand where I'm going with this. That just as important as my role may be as your pastor, is your role in whatever God has called you to Create and build with your hands, with your mind, with your mouth. Whatever he's called you to create, it's to build the house of God. Let me say that again. Every single one of us has been called to utilize whatever he has given you to help to create environments of which God is worshipped, which is, i.e., the temple, so that people can encounter him. Now, what are the four things he lists, right? Let's go back to here. Um, ability, intelligence, knowledge, and craftsmanship. Now, I want to pause here for a moment in my unpacking and my teaching today, and I want to actually pray. I want to take a moment to pray, because I believe that there's been a lie of the enemy. I've been praying for you this week as I've been pr- preparing this message, that I believe with all my heart there there is a lie From hell that has been purported to you to say that uh, you don't have ability. You don't have intelligence. You don't have knowledge and you can't do anything. Here's the lies. You've been told you can't do anything. That you're dumb, you're not intelligent. That you don't know anything. That you don't have knowledge. And you can't make anything. And I come against that lie in the name of Jesus. Because I believe with all my heart. That if you are able to see the price that Jesus has paid in order for you to live out in the freedom to make beautiful things, you watch God change this city for his glory through you. Pasnelli, I'm just here to do a degree and then I'm going back to my homeland. Look, faithful where you are right now, I'm here to tell you that if God should call you back to where you came from, that there are things that God wants you to do in this season if you'll just believe that he has given you these things. I, I need you to lean into this. Because culturally, I, I really sense it all in my heart. That some people in this room, culturally, we have received words that have told us. You know, from well-meaning, well-meaning aunties and grandmas and uncles. You know, it's all right to dream when you're young. But then when you get to a certain age, you're like, okay, you cannot be that anymore. You can't do that anymore. You don't have the capacity to do that. I'm sure they're well-meaning, but I'm here to tell you today that God is beginning to unearth those lies that have been spoken over your life. So I want to pray for you. If you're here this morning and you sense that those lies have been spoken over you, those are deceptions from hell and God wants to set you free today. He wants to set you free to dream again. To be able to do excellent and beautiful work. Is anybody with me here this morning that believes that God just might use you? If you're full of his spirit, it's amazing what he will do through you. So I want to pray this morning before we go any further. Just to set you free in the name of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've had those lies spoken over you. I want you to position yourself prophetically, however that may be. Maybe it's lifting your hands like this to him and saying, God, I receive your spirit. Maybe it's lifting your hands like this and saying, God, I surrender. Maybe it's going on your knees before him and saying, God, I submit myself no longer to those lies. I submit myself to your spirit. Yeah. So give you about five seconds to posture yourself right now. And if you're watching online, just posture yourself as God would have you in response to this. Let's pray, Father, right now, right in the middle of this message, I just prophetically, Lord, sense that your spirit is wanting to set brothers and sisters free in this place, free from the lies that would say we're not intelligent, Lord God. We don't have knowledge. Lord, we don't have the capacity to, to, to be able to create anything. We can't do anything, Lord God. Right now, in Jesus' name, I tear down those lies with the authority of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that we are no longer naysayers to the destiny and the purpose that God puts on our lives. Lord, as you're setting us free, you're setting us free, not just as individuals, you're setting us free as every nation, Brisbane, to begin to dream bigger, to be able to live greater, to be able to make greater capacity and and have greater influence. We are the salt and the light of the earth, and we thank you for this, Lord God. We thank you for this freedom that you give us. And Lord, we... just. declare that where, for whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. I thank you that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. We thank you that we are filled with your spirit. If that's you today, just lift your hands to him and receive the fresh outpouring of his spirit right in this place. Lord, we were free, we receive your fresh anointing. We abandon all bitterness, Lord God. We pray, Lord, for the capacity to forgive those who have spoken ill of us, Lord God, who have spoken lies over us. And we pray, Lord, God, God, for a new sense of your spirit, which brings healing and transformation in us and through us. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Go ahead and give him praise, everybody. If you believe that he set you free this morning. Let's move on. I want you to turn to somebody really quickly and tell them you exist to make beautiful things. Obviously, we talked about it in Isaiah forty-three twenty-one that God has formed a people to declare his praise, that you were created to worship him. And how we worship him is not singing Christian slow jams, just right? It's a lot more than the fast songs are called praise and the slow songs are called worship, right? The songs we used to listen to back in the day were slow, you know, slow love songs, which used to be jesus now it's you know slow jams for jesus right it's not it's not that worship is when we offer ourselves as living sacrifices before god and now worship to him is his is our response and we respond by making beautiful things that the very things you know even for my students here today whether you're in high school or my campus students you know, you're called to create beautiful things. You may just see the exam, but the exam and the final assignment is a part of the process of God uh, creating beauty in you so he can create beauty through you. I'm, uh, I'm a musician. Again, I think of, of composition, right? If you stop the song halfway, you don't finish the whole movement or the, the whole oratorio or whatever you're trying to write, the whole song, But God is in the business of writing the completion of the movement of the song of which he's writing in your life. He's not finished with the novel that he's writing in your life. He's still molding and shaping you and forming you into something that will be beautiful. Beautiful in you and beautiful through you. And let's look at this, right? From Genesis 1, we remember this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. This is God speaking about humankind God created humankind in his own image. In the image, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then we jump down to verse 31. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. If you're created, you are very good. Okay, come on, encourage somebody next to you again. Just say tell them You are very good. If they're kind of cute, drop your voice a little bit when you said, you are very good. All right, You were created beautifully. Psalm 139 says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're wonderful and you're fearful. It doesn't mean you're like scary. But it's like the very beauty in you puts fear in the enemy. And one of the tactics of the enemy is to tell you that you're not beautiful. But the great theologian Christina Aguilera was right. You are beautiful no matter what they say. Their words try and bring you down. All right, let's move on. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. How many of you believe and have been saved in this place? All right, there's me, Bianca, and Mike Coe. How many of you are saved by your, that you believe you are saved by his grace? All right, all right, got seven people now. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this. This is a gift from God. How many of you are thankful for that gift? Right. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So it's not a reward for your works. So none of us can boast about it. But we are his masterpiece. I love that from the NLT. You are God's masterpiece. That he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You were created to do good works. Now, now, hear me out, okay? You're not saved by your good works, but you are saved for good works. And you are his masterpiece. Again, encourage your neighbor. Tell him you are God's masterpiece. Come on, look them in the eye. Look at them in the eye and make sure they believe it. You are God's masterpiece. Okay, so number one. Number one, if you're taking notes, okay? You were made to create beautiful things. Number two, This might get you a little bit. You are called to upskill. Okay. This is the hard part. This is the Monday handle, Sam. You are called to upskill. What does this mean? You You are called to get better at what you do, to create intricately, okay? To devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood to every good craft, right? And I have given to all able men ability so that they may make all that I have commanded you. Have you noticed that there's nothing about sermon preparation in here? There's nothing about preparing a song list of worship. Because a lot of times we'll gravitate towards ministry looking like that. uh, Looking like doing that stuff. You know, I, I get this all the time. It's like a bi-weekly conversational that, uh, conversation that I have. The number of people that come up to me and say, Man, I want to be a pastor one day. And I ask them the question: what do you think a pastor does? Oh man, you know, I just want to prepare a sermon. I just want to come up and prepare a talk. If you get to know me, that's like a very small portion of what I get to do. You know, a lot of it is walking with people, going over to their houses and and praying with them, walking through their stuff, and, oh, no, no, I don't want that. I just want to, you know, like, just want to be able to prepare my Christian TED Talk, and, and they think that this is all that we do, right? This is part of what we do, but there's a lot more to it. But in saying that, we can also think that that is the only job that is evident in building the house of the Lord. And by house, I'm not talking about the physical structure, although I am in this sense, But I'm also talking about every single one of us has a role and a part to play. And God is glorified when we build excellently and build beautifully in what we do. Let me say this too. I really need you all to see beyond small pond thinking. I want you to catch this. I need you to see beyond small pond thinking, okay? Some of us may think that we only need to be good at a certain level and then we cap out there. I want you to receive the invitation by the Holy Spirit this morning to go beyond. The small pond of which it's easy to be excellent. Let me put it, let me give you what I mean by that, okay? If I was to go up to kids' church and say, how many of you want to play basketball? They go, yeah, Pastor Nelly, we'll play. And then I go and dunk on all the kids and just like, ah, get out of my face. Yeah, shack in the house, you know? How many of you know it's easy to be excellent in that environment, Right? But if I go and play against Silas and some other younger people that, you know, like the moment that um, I come up against him and, and I'm just out of breath and sub me off in five minutes, you know, because I'm, you know, still working on fitness and stuff. You know, when I play at people with people at that level, you recognize just how excellent you think you are. How many of you know God's invitation is to come even deeper in your skill, to not settle for small pawn thinking because God is also increasing your influence so that you can be the salt and the light into a greater world so that he is glorified in your excellence and in the beauty of how he works in and through you. Don't settle. Don't settle. And even this, you know, let me just say this and I'll drop it like it's hot and move on, right? Don't think that just being excellent for your specific culture is enough. Like God wants you to think globally I don't want to just be good enough for whatever culture I represent. I want God to be glorified in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Because there is only one version of you. Let me say that again. I want you to catch it. There is only one you on this planet. If I try to be like somebody else in this room, I am denying the world of the opportunity of seeing God glorified through me as an individual. If I try to be like Sean or I try to be like Jess, you know, as awesome as they are, I'm not fulfilling the obedience of which God is desiring to see in my life and through my life. Now watch this. As we move back into this this, uh, text here, we're seeing, and I don't have time to fully unpack it, but I want you to see just the nature of some of the tasks of which these men had to be good at. Uh, If you look at the scriptures behind me, they had to be good at construction, They had to work with metal frames. They had to uh, use jewels and precious metals. They had to craft utensils. They had to be good at working with fabrics. So there was a certain level of intricacy involved detail. They had to work with fragrances and incenses. How many of you know that these are massive skills to have, skills that I don't necessarily have? But can you imagine if all these men and women within the body of Christ are activated to do what they are called to do to build the house of the Lord? It's amazing how God is glorified when the whole body is active and making beautiful stuff for the glory of God. And the anointing oil and the fragrant incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. You are created. To make beautiful things for his glory. And here's the thing. As you increase in skill, it's amazing how God begins to open up doors for you to stand before people that you never would have dreamed you'd come across. How many of you have seen that in operation in your life? Like the more you grow in your capacity to do what God's called you to do, you're sitting in environments and you're around people that you never thought you'd be around. I've seen it in my own life so many times. Where all I have had to do is just, Lord, I, I worship you in being excellent at what I'm called to do. And as I grow in that capacity, God brings me into spaces of which I had no idea he would bring me into. I just flabbergasted at the manner of how he does it. Literally this verse, right? Proverbs chapter uh, 22 verse 29 says, Do you see a man, do you see a woman who is skillful in their work? He or she will stand before kings. You will not stand before obscure men. I want you to catch this. So a lot of us, we think that, okay, there's beauty in what God does in obscurity. How many of you have seen this in the example of David, right? In the obscure place, he practices God's presence. He's not invited to the audition to become the king. But isn't it beautiful that in the practice, in the secret place where God has him hiding, he, he doesn't have to audition for the part to be the king. He doesn't have to audition for the anointing to lead the life that God's called him to lead. He doesn't have to go to find the anointing. The anointing finds him. And sure, there's 25 years between the time that he is anointed by Samuel to become king and the actual time when the crown is put upon his head upon the death of Saul. All of that is preparation. Sure, obscurity has its place. But you better believe that as you practice and as you practice and as you practice and become more and more excellent at what God has called you to be and to do, it's amazing the platforms of which God will open up for you if you'll just be a person of character. I heard it like three times this week by different NBA commentators talking about how the gift will make room for you, but it's the character that will keep you there. So in obscurity, God has his place of formation of character. But as you work on your gifting, God will open doors for you so that that character will match every single platform and promotion of which he is opening up for you. How many of you have the faith this morning to believe that is possible in and through you? He wants to do that. He wants to do that for those of you who are business people in here. He wants to do that with your business. He wants to open up doors for you as you open up your capacity to serve him, as you practice in the secret place. Watch him open things up for you. You are not called to obscurity if you practice God's presence. God's presence goes with you through and into those board meetings, into those business interactions, into those places of networking. He opens up those doors for you, but he's looking for a people who have the mindset to say, I am a son, I am a daughter of the living God, and God has ordained for me to be in that space to bring him glory. That is not false humility. I need you to understand this, shyness is not humility. Let me say this one more time. Shyness is not humility. It's false humility. Because what it's saying is, I'm too shy to do what God's called me to do. How many of you know that's disobedience? Obedience says, I'll go wherever God's called me to go. And I will do my best work in those spaces. If it's in front of three people or 30,000 people, I will do what God's called me to do. Be faithful in the small thing. The reason why I'm leaning into this point a little bit is because I really believe with all my heart that supernaturally by his spirit and God's going to get all the glory that God's growing this house. How many of you sense it? God is growing this house. God is using this house to reach this city. And it's not for my glory. It's not for the glory of the organization of every nation, Brisbane. But it's to build his kingdom because he is raising up a generation from this house of excellent servants who are doing great work of which people start to see, wow. Where do you get that excellence from? And you can accredit the Holy Spirit to that. You can tell people, I'm a part of a community of faith of which people of excellence are called into the marketplace, onto the campus to bring about change and transformation. For by his spirit, says the Lord, not by might, not by power. Do you see a person skillful in their work? I going to wind this up. I've already had the sign that I need to wind this up. All right? We're winding this up. Verse 6 says Behold, I have appointed with him Ahaliab the son of Hissamech of the tribe of Dan and I have given to all able men the ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. So first thing, if you're taking notes, you are called to make beautiful things. Secondly, you're called to upskill. And thirdly, which is probably the hardest of all, you're, create, you're called to collaborate. You are called to collaborate. In the same way that Bezalel had a holy ab and then he had other men who were given that ability, you are not called to create what you're called to create on your own. You're called to do this connected into the body of Christ in community. This is vital. This is important. Listen, church, we live in one of the most individualistic cultural countries in the world where our existence revolves around just creating spaces within the thriving of our, whatever's in our fence line. As long as I've got a nice car, a nice house within my fence line, and my kids are well educated, then that's all there is to life. How many of you know you should live for a whole lot more than that? That God hasn't created you just for the comfort of your fence line. He's created you to see his kingdom come in Brisbane as it is in heaven. See, the work in Exodus chapter 31 of the building and the establishing of his house is collaborative. And everybody had a specific skill or skills that they collectively worshipped God together. And sure, in a moment we'll get to worship God by singing songs. But how many of you know worship is a lot more than that? You know, worship is the excellence of work that's being done here. I look around this room and we've got so many people in this room that are placed in specific areas of influence that God is calling you to build his house right where you are. The role of the ecclesia, which is the Greek word for church, is to gather, go into spaces where God calls you, uh, and to scatter, right? You scattered out into those places and then you gather them towards the faith. That's the rhythm. You're scattered, then you gather. You're scattered, and you gather. So you're scattered to do excellent work, to continue to build God's kingdom where you are, and then you gather them towards the presence of God. Deuteronomy, we're closing with this passage here. Deuteronomy chapter 32, this is one of the passages that Tina and I had from our, our wedding, and it speaks to me every time I read it. If they were wise, they would understand this. They would discern The utter end. And this is God speaking to the people of Israel as they're about to go into the promised land. How could one have chased a thousand and two have put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had given them up? For their rock is not as our rock, our enemies are by themselves. Let me ask you this question Who, Who are you building with? Who are you building alongside? Not only the question of what you're building, but who are you building it with? There needs to be a unity around what you are building. There is an exponential nature as to how God works through holy collaboration. Where one would put a thousand to flight, but two put ten thousand to flight. But I need you to see this, right? The difference is that when you move off of the rock and you start building on other rocks, you're not moving in a unity towards what God has for you. And then verse 31 says, for their rock is not as our rock. Our enemies are what? By themselves. Again, that individualization, just moving off, isolating, not working together, moving forward in everything that God has for you. We are better together. We work best when we collaborate. So here's the three things. Whatever you're making, our calling is to make it beautiful, make it skillfully, and make it together. Everybody say this with me. Make it beautiful, make it skillfully, and make it together. And here's the question that I propose to you. And I want us to consider what it is that we're building, whatever what it is that God's calling us to build. Is what you are making with your life to the glory of God beautifully skillfully and collaboratively made is what you are making with your life beautifully skillfully and collaboratively made I'm going to give us a moment to pause because God is reminding you that you are called with a purpose that you are not to live accidentally but you're to live to the glory of God in whatever you're called to do But make it beautiful. Make it skillfully. And do it together with others that God has called you to. Just take a moment just to pause and and to reflect right now. You can close your eyes if you want to. And just ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, remind me of what I'm called to build. And ask him to speak more specifically to your role and what God is calling you to build. And how God is calling you to build in this season. I even sense for some of us in this room, there's a little bit of frustration because we're seeing ourselves in an elongated season, and we're feeling like, "Man, I, I, I want to move on," and God is saying, "No, just stay where you are." For they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. There's power in the waiting. They will rise with wings like eagles. They will run, not grow weary, walk and not faint. In the last chapter of Mark, before Jesus ascends to heaven, he says, wait until you are clothed with power from on high. I just sense the Spirit of the Lord is teaching us, even in this moment, to wait upon him. He's still molding and shaping you. Don't run towards a platform that your character is not ready for. Let him mold you and shape you into the beautiful man, the beautiful woman that God has called you to become so that he can work through you beautifully, skillfully, and collaboratively. If you're recognizing in this room, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're recognizing in this room the work that God is doing in this season and you're wanting to submit your work to him, God is going to begin to open up your heart And it's going to take some shaping. It's going to take some molding and processing. But if you'll submit yourself to the process, it's amazing how he'll position you, mold you and shape you so that as he breathes his spirit in you, he'll bring you into those spaces that I speak of. So I want you to take the work of your hands, your mind, your your mouth right now, and symbolically with your hands lifted to God, I want you to lift it to him if that's what your response should be and just say, God, I give you my work. I give you what I'm working on. i am give you, and maybe some of you are in between jobs. It's not just that. It's not just your career. It's anything that God is calling you to build. If you're a creative in here and God is calling you to create stuff, make beautiful stuff, just lift it to him right now. Symbolically, just have your hands lifted towards him and say, God, Take the work of my hands. Take my business, Lord. Take my degree, God. Mold it and shape it. Make beautiful things with what I'm working on. Take my career. Take my resources, Lord. Make beautiful, skillful, and collaborative things. I'm just going to give you a few seconds right now uh, out of your own mouth. I want you to pray for about 10 to 15 seconds your own prayer to God, giving these things to him, and then I'm going to pray for us in just a moment. Father, I thank you that you're doing this work in us and you're doing this work through us. And I thank you, Lord, even as a church, you're calling us to create beautiful things for your glory. Lord, with our hands lifted, we commit ourselves even just to for the for the establishment of your kingdom through this church, Lord God. As we are called to scatter and to gather, Lord God, within those rhythms of moving out into the spaces of which we occupy, whether it's the influence on campus and in our schools and in our workplaces and our businesses, wherever we go, and back into fellowship, back into our homes, Lord God, rhythmically that we would see the beauty of what you're creating in every single space. But we thank you for this in Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed today's message brought to you by Every Nation Brisbane. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at enbrisbane.org. Thank you for listening. God bless.